Hello, and you are tuned in to Simply Life with Stacy. This is a podcast about food, family, and entrepreneurship. Today's segment is Innovation Monday. Here we talk to business owners and local people in our community who are innovators, who have learned how to build success in the most unusual ways.
talk about like um, pop-ups and different events. Like, what type of events do you generally show up to? Um, I, I think we've done. I'm trying to think of some more unconventional events we've done, but typically. We'll do things such as farmers markets, trade shows. Um, we do a lot of private events where people might um, like want to host their uh, guests or employees or something like that, or residents uh, of their buildings or whatnot. Um, I don't think we've done any birthday parties or anything like that um, because the the thing about it typically, like when we do like a setup like that, where somebody hires us to come in, like to do like coffee catering. Um, you know, usually when you, you cater an event, you have food. And so really that kind of gets precedence over just about anything else. Um, and so with that, you know, the price points may be a little bit, um, you know, more than what people are used to, because, you know, we, we're bringing especially coffee, uh, not only the coffee to the people, but also the experience of the specialty coffee. Um, because, you know, you go into any specialty coffee shop it's an experience you know yeah you're getting a good cup of coffee or tea or whatever it is but you're also getting experience you you have some well-trained um baristas behind the counter some of them in in some situations they may be competitive baristas that compete around the world um right and you just have people that's been doing it for years and really mastered their craft so they're not just like somebody behind the counter that's like oh i need a job you know so that's that's kind of like the difference so yeah, so we what we do is a little bit higher end than just serving a cup of industrial coffee or something like that. And, um, and you know, we understand that, so we want to bring that experience to people. Okay, so what does it mean to be a, a barista? Like, what is barista? Where does that name come from, you know? I don't know exactly where it comes from, but I know it's a, kind of like a derivative of, of a bartender. Um and I know, you know, you, you've heard the term mixologist and bartender, of course, but, um, you know, a lot of bartenders, believe it or not, um, they should know how to, to make a cup of coffee because, again, it's kind of, it goes, you know, along with, you know, being behind the bar and mixing drinks. So I believe that, I don't, I, you know, don't quote me on that, but I believe it kind of comes from that, um, okay. that, that same realm of uh, trade, um, being a bartender. Okay, so when it comes down to brewing coffee, um, like you you are an artist for brewing coffee. Um, what is the difference between what you do and a person taking a Keurig and mashing a button or somebody using the traditional coffee pot where they just lay a filter, coffee grounds, and water? What is the difference? Right. It's funny you mentioned Keurig. Uh, I used to, I remember when I worked uh, um, in IT uh, on post and I would go around to different offices and I would drool over people that had Keurigs in their offices. I'm like, man, this, right. it must be the light to have this machine. Cause I couldn't make a co- cup of coffee to save my life. And so I finally got right. one and it was the greatest thing, you know? And then, so, yeah. you know, going to the next level, you know, the, for me personally, the, the, the difference between, uh, what I do and, um, like pushing the button on a Keurig device or any kind of automatic machine is, um, I don't really, when I approach coffee, it's intentional. Um, it took me years to develop the, the craft. It took me years to find the, the right roaster um, and narrow down. And 
developed that relationship with the roaster. And even from there, um, there's been times where, you know, the roaster and I will talk about certain beans and certain farms. There's some coffee beans that we'll get because of the taste. There's some beans that we'll get because of um, more of the social aspect that goes along with it. You know, like if there's a certain farm that's, that's in need of in a certain country or region that's doing something um, innovative or different things. So like when you're drinking right. the coffee, it's intentional. It's not just like, oh, let me, you know, you know, throw a dart, you know, blindfold it and just pick some kind of coffee. Um, so there's a right. reason, there's an intention and a reason behind everything that we do with all of our products. Um, and if we find a product we don't like or, you know, it's something that about the um, the products, maybe their business practices we don't we don't like, you know, we'll switch um, to a different product. Um, so, you know, like right. I said, it's, it's definitely like automatic taste should be good. But it should also have a, you know, we, we like stories behind it, you know, like meeting the people that behind that are behind the, the products, um, you know, having natural products as much as we can with no preservatives, um, things like that. Um, we, we also don't do a lot of, uh, we do syrups, we, we don't do like whipped creams and a bunch of, um, you know how you, sometimes you, you go to coffee shops and they're just drenched with whipped cream and syrups and just all kinds. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's no knock against that particular drink or that, that person. Because, you know, I, I drink drinks like that, too, sometimes when I go to coffee shops. But it's really rare um, because, you know, a lot of that sugar and stuff is not good for you. It tastes good, but, um, you know, a lot of times people kind of can hide their product behind all the whipped cream, you know. So, right. Those are some of the so, like yeah. coffee. So coffee starts with the bean. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And it's not just bean water. It's <laughs> bean water, bean juice. <laughs> right. It's not just bean water, bean juice. It's um, an experience. And I know I tasted coffee that they say is roasted. You know, in cooking, we use the term roasted as well. Um, down in New Orleans, or down in Louisiana, right, down in New Orleans, Louisiana, we say blackened, um, and people think right. that means burnt, and it doesn't. Blackened is actually just seasoning. It's, oh. it's dark due to the seasoning. That's what blackened comes from. Okay. But when it comes to... I just learned something. <laughs> I'm not a cook, so, you know, hey, but it makes sense. Right. It's you just the amount of seasoning. between 
like if you're roasting a bean and it's burnt, um, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be obvious because it, it's almost like just think about burning anything. Um, you know, coffee beans. You know, they have a density to them, and so like if you roast them um, beyond, you know, their capability, they're really just gonna kind of you know be pulverized, you know, almost turned into charcoal. And it's like, at that point, like, you, you're not going to be able to extract any, well, you're going to get some flavor out of it. It's just going to be charred, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> so people like dark roasted coffee. And so in order to achieve that, you had to kind of push it to the limit a little bit. You had to, um, I mean, I'm not a roaster. I can't speak too intelligently on it. But, I again, I, I've talked to some roasters and just kind of, you know, kind of learning the process just from a flavor standpoint. And I know it's just a matter of, it may be a matter of time and temperature as far as pushing it a little bit um, more to the limit of a, a darker roast. Um, and most people I know that like darker roast coffee, um, they they probably they probably grew up drinking dark coffee. When I say grew up, maybe not as children, but, um, you know, their first experiences with coffee would, might have been, uh, dark roasted coffee, and in some cultures, dark roasted coffee is a it is a cultural thing, right? Uh, typically, because of the way they may roast it, they may roast it more conventionally, not in a big fancy roaster, but maybe some some type of hand crank roaster over a fire, um, you know. Right. So in that case, it may be a little bit. Um, it, it it may not be as easy to control um, as, as far as the temperatures and, and how how much you're roasting it. Um, so, you know, if you're coming from a place like that, where it's like the, culturally everybody just drinks um, dark roasted coffee, that's understandable. Um, but, you know, kind of going forward with the specialty, uh, the specialty coffee world, because specialty coffee is, is kind of governed by several associations across mm-hmm. the, the U.S. and the world. And 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 what they, they tend to do is like they kind of pull back on how much uh, coffee is roasted so they can start to kind of extract different flavor notes out of the beans. Um, and so it's really it's really interesting. I mean, it's scientific. I mean, you can really right. go down the rabbit hole. I mean, it's a matter of the, the process in which the, the, the beans are grown and the, the process in which they're washed or dried um, all the way to the, the roasting and brewing process. So... You know, a lot of people don't, you know, most people that like coffee, they just like, just give me a good cup of coffee. I don't want to know all right. of that. But some people are interested. You know, a lot of people, when we right. talk like this, they, they have no clue that all of that goes in the coffee. You know, and I like to say, you know, a lot of times, you know, compared to wine, because there's so much that goes into drinking wine and, and getting it right. Um, right. It's very similar in the sense of, of, of how they kind of um, do the process. Right. So what made you decide to even go in this industry? Because it's very complex. I see that there's a lot of information. So what made you decide? Were you sipping a cup of coffee and you're like, yep, this is what I'm going to learn today. What was it? Well, I would say it was a, it was a divine appointment. Um, and what I mean by that, I have to say, I, I can't take full credit, um, of it, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith, and I believe that it was something that God had kind of put in my spirit to to do because um, I've always been interested in doing business, and already had, um, I think at the time maybe one business or two. Um, even being 
bank. I don't know if I was working. I don't think I was working. Um, but, you know, it just kind of came out of nowhere. It went from wanting to learn how to make coffee, actually learning how to do it and seeing that it's easy to mess up coffee. There's a lot of variables that go into it. So I started giving the baristas behind the counter a little bit more grace once I learned, like, hey, it's easy to mess this thing up. Um, you know, especially if you're not intentional about it. It's like cooking, in a sense. You know, if you're having a bad off day, it's going to show in your food, right? So it's kind right. of the same way in coffee. Um, and once I started, the more I started learning and developing relationships and, and even the people that, that the, my peers that were to my left and right that were learning with me, you know, developing those relationships. And that was great, too, because some people, they didn't want to have a coffee shop. They just wanted to learn from a sustainability standpoint or, or just different things. And I still keep in touch with a lot of people that I've learned how to make coffee with. And they're, we're all kind of going in separate directions, but very, very important directions. Um, right. But as I, as I began to learn, I wanted to actually, you know, there's me and Patrice, we travel, well, we used to travel a lot. And every time we travel, we'd always look for a local coffee shop wherever we go. And, you know, the experiences that we, get at the coffee shops. I wanted to be able to provide that experience um, everywhere we went because, you know, we had some good experiences and some bad experiences. And so, right. you know, it was about the, the coffee, the taste of the coffee, um, and also the experiences of, um, of you know, great customer service and, 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 you know, just having a great cup of coffee and, you know, developing community around that. So that's kind of like how it became a business. Um, because I really, I wanted to kind of practice my craft, but then I realized it wasn't, it wasn't meant for me to go work for somebody else. Because again, being right. a serial entrepreneur, I need to stay flexible. You know, there's been times right. when I've dipped in and out of working for people. Um, but mm -hmm. ultimately it's not meant for me to, to work for anybody else. It's meant for us to, to, to work for ourselves and to, you know, develop our businesses and, um, do things like that. So that's kind of how it came about and because we do move around so much I, I really didn't want to brick and mortar people always ask me uh are we going to do that and I, I i would say no but but you know it business would have to be like extremely well for me to even go that route again um right because i did have well, a brick and mortar business years ago and it's a lot oh, okay. of work. yes it is yes it is so do you think that you you use your coffee to positively impact the community? Um, I, I hope so. I mean, the community would have to say, say that. I, I, think, I think when we first started setting up our pop-ups, you know, me being, like I said, the technician and the architect, I'm all about the coffee. But then once I started setting up, I started to notice there was, there was one more thing that I hadn't considered that, you know, was a commodity, and that was, you know, building community and i and i've yeah. seen how like when you know when we come and set up at an event or a networking event like how we just it kind of just lights up the room because again you know there's and you know this there's, there's a difference between like you know you cutting up coming and setting something up and just walking away you know but if you're right. there i mean I, I always love when i go to an event and like the actual chef is there behind the table not because like he or she is making the food because then I can talk right. to them, and, you know, I can say, hey, right. what's, I taste a little bit of this and that, and, you know, I have a conversation around whatever they're eating, so it's the same way with the coffee, you know, it, it 
you know, and it's not even about necessarily talking about the coffee. It's just, um, you know, and I do a, um, a little, um, done a little bit of networking research as far as like successful networking. And I know coffee, um, but not just coffee, but food and drink at a networking event is an important thing for networking. Oh yeah. People tend to congregate for obvious reasons around those tables. Um, so we see that as a, a commodity that we can also sell. So that's why mm. a lot of people will call us to say, hey, you know, I'm having this event. And, you know, sometimes they can be smaller events and we'll have to kind of scale for that. But mm. um, ultimately, like, we love it. We love the the just, you know, being able to bring that commodity to an event as far as building community. So it's something I recognized right. early on in the business and it's, it's something that I just kind of, you know, just kind of keep in the forefront of my mind as far as the business model when doing um, events, especially as far as you know, how I set up exactly where I'm strategically set up in the room. Um, it's all intentional um, as much as can be. There's times when people kind of just throw us, you know, you know, like, Hey, sit up over here. And I'm just like, ah, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't work. You know, uh, and I right. get really agitated because I, you know, I can, I can, I kind of, I feel like, you know, like if we sit up over here and if I was able to make the shape of the table this way or that way, you know, to make a difference, because right. I'm thinking about the flow of the room. Um, right. So, yeah, so it's, it's bigger than just, you know, hey, coffee or whatever, tea, you know, so, you know, that's what you're getting with us is um, this intentionality, you know. And do you, you get a lot of people that congregate around. It's kind of like the water cooler People kind of get their coffee and then they congregate and con they have those conversations and and right. uh, better way of having a conversation than over a cup of coffee that everybody enjoys. Right. So, real quick, I just want to say hi to a couple people that are mm -hmm. logged in. Um, Kevin Merchantson. Hey, Kevin. Um, Black Porcelain. Hey, Black Porcelain. And uh, is it Finca Tasta? Finca Tasta, yeah. That's, uh, that's one of the farms that we get our coffee from. Oh, hey, how are you? And um, it's just Topher. Hey, it's just Topher. And Dandelion <laughs> Legacy Doula. Hey, um, otherwise known as Ashley. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here with Dalton Carter with uh, Hollywood Java, and uh, we're just discussing coffee and the impact that, you know, coffee makes. Coffee opens up conversation. A lot of times, like nowadays, people who are even uh, dating or having a meeting, they all, they meet up at the coffee shop. They sit down and have a cup of coffee, and um, even the type of coffee, I think, reveals personality. Um, there's some people that say they love coffee. And then they dump cream and sugar and all that other stuff. And it's like, mm. do you like coffee or do you like cream and sugar? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. which is it? Um, we, we, try to, we try to make it a judge-free coffee drinking zone based on what right. we have available. You know, because like you mentioned that, like I, I'm always, I don't always get it right. But when I look at a person or I talk to a person, I'm always, in the back of my mind, I'm always trying to figure out like, what type of coffee drink are they? Are they straight, no sugar, no cream? Are they green? Right. You know, so 
sometimes I get it right, sometimes I don't. But it really says a lot about a person, you know. And I'm really shocked by some people. I'm like, wow, you drink it straight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. When I get fun uh, my, my first cup of coffee, like if I'm going to some place and I've never had coffee there before, I like to get straight coffee to so I know that I'm, what I'm tasting mm. is the coffee. The coffee is really good. And then maybe I'll put my little enhancements on it, but right. it's, you know, you can't cover up burnt because some coffees are dark roasted to the point that it does taste burnt and yeah. that's not good. Or stale beans. Can we talk about stale beans? Oh like, what is that? That's probably <laughs> 98% of the coffee that you're getting at the grocery store, honestly. And But, you know, yeah. that's the thing about it. People, it's like anything. You get used to certain flavor. You know, right. as a kid, I love Twinkies. And as an adult, oh my goodness, Twinkies. Are so <laughs> right. Uh, I can't even well, you know, my, eat something like that, you know, but I was right. that taste. <laughs> it's like my husband and I, we were talking to our children about um, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> and SpaghettiOs used to be the joint. Like, uh, everybody had SpaghettiOs. In the field, yeah. Right, and we had we we wanted our kids to experience spaghettios, so we bought spaghettios and we ate it for lunch, and it was terrible. Uh, We're like, how can we eat this? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I get it. Disgusting. I had to tell you a trick that I learned when I was first learning how to make coffee. The the, okay. the guy that was teaching us because I, I I asked this question and I said right. Well, when you go to a coffee shop, like you said, like how do you know what to get? Like if the coffee's not good, well, you how do you even know? First of all, if the coffee is good, you taking a chance, right? Just any new coffee shop. And, Can we talk about that? Yes. Yeah. How do he, we know? He taught me a trick. He said uh, there's a couple things you could do. Um, you know, like for instance, like if you're going for an espresso drink. You know, he said, you know, look and see if the, uh, you know, if, you know, a good espresso should have like a, what they call a crema, which is kind of like a, when, it, when it's pulled, it automatically has like a white colored foam on the top. Okay, let's talk about what does pulled mean. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes. It's just a term that they use when, um, when, when somebody's actually making a shot of espresso from an espresso machine. I'm not sure okay. why they call it pulling a shot. Um, I know there's some machines that have levers. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, but you mm-hmm. can, you could, you may or may not be able to see behind the counter to see like when they're they're uh, pulling a shot of espresso. Is it is it coming out? Is it just straight? Does it look like an oil change, or does it have a little you know light blonde color color cream at the top? You know that foam. Usually when you see that, there's a uh, pretty fresh um, bean. Okay. That you're getting. So, you know, that's a good indication that, okay, well, at least I know it's not stale coffee. Um, so then another another tip he gave me is, like, when the, talk, when the coffee is terrible, you just go for the hit. <laughs> and so what he meant by that is just get the, you know, go for the hit in the sense of, like, some people drink coffee for the taste. Some people drink it for the, the boost or, you know, kind of, you know, the caffeine boost or both. Um, but, yeah, and... I find myself going for the hit a lot when I'm at a lot of events or networking events where I'm not making the coffee. And, um, 
Now, I am a coffee snob. I, I never thought I would become that, but I'm that guy. Um, so, like, I'm uh-huh. writing everything. If I'm at, I'm at, I'm at your networking event and you have a, a big silver bullet coffee machine and, start, and small four-ounce styrofoam cups and, and white sugar, I know <laughs> in that case, the coffee is probably not going to be the greatest. I'm going to go for the head. I'm going to dump a bunch of sugar in that styrofoam cup and a small, small little bit of coffee and kind of make a little, you know, a super sweet shot of whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'm going for the hit. I'm going for the caffeine. Um, because if I try to, you know, drink it like a normal cup of coffee, I'm going to be disappointed. Right. <laughs> so those right. are some tips from, from Hollywood uh, as far as what to do when you're faced with terrible coffee. Um, oh, my another, gosh. Another especially the, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, especially, like, you know, when you're um, getting your car worked on and they have... Now, it depends on where you're going, but they have, like, the Keurig machine or they have, like, the traditional coffee pot and you're just sitting there like... Yeah. <laughs> I really don't want to drink this, um, but you do it. Yeah. So what is your next yeah. tip? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people... The Keurig is... is become super pop more popular now but a, a lot of people i talk to now they're tired of it um and and i get th- several reasons why people are tired of it, which is really i'm always interested to hear that um some people say oh it's not hot enough or it's this or it's that um because to me like i feel like keurig has done a lot to try to improve their product um, right but I, I run into a lot of people that are they're kind of tired of it and i think what it what it is is there's no control. It's automatic. Right. You got three settings and that's it. You know, you can't, because, you know, to think about it, we're dynamic people. Some days I feel like, oh, today I feel like a light roast. Some days I feel like darker. Or I, I feel like a small cup or a large cup. And so we change like that as people, especially in this, uh, this generation. Right. So I don't think there's a machine out there that can kind of, that can kind of pivot for that. I mean, maybe right. it is, but that's another reason like you know the barista is important because you know human in- intervention um <clears throat> you asked me a question i don't think i answered it <laughs> i kind of went off on a tangent I no i mean probably kicking in well <laughs> <laughs> you know i think that like i have i have a, a mocha pot oh good i have a um yeah, I discovered an automatic, not automatic, but um, an electric mocha pot. I, I did not know it existed. Huh? I've never seen one. Let me tell you. I'll show it to you. Yeah. Don't be judging me. But um, <laughs> I have cool. that. <laughs> okay. But um, usually I have French press coffee. My Keurig is just decoration. It literally is decoration if people want to stop by (laughs) i don't even know how old those pods are i probably should toss them because i have the little i have the little pedestal thing Mm -hmm. and it has a little drawer and i have little k-cups right in there and uh yeah and so i don't use it so like i bought it my husband bought me a keurig forever ago initially when we got it i was super into it Right. Um, every morning I have my cup of coffee and I'd be all happy. Right. And then, um, I had my mentor who's actually a nano roaster 
Um, uh, shout out to Fathom Coffee. Um, I had an experience with him and had some coffee. Yeah. With his, right. And then it made me question every cup of coffee I've ever drank. Like, every cup of coffee. Right. Um, I had, like, a gold card from Starbucks. Like, I was all in. Okay. And I thought... So funny. I, <laughs> I thought I was all in. I thought I was a coffee drinker, and I had my wake-up call. And I had coffee from him, and I was like, what the heck? I could never go back. My life yeah. was ruined. Yeah. And so by the time – and uh, Fathom Coffee is up in Virginia, Virginia Beach. Oh, okay, Virginia Beach, yeah. Yeah. So by the time I, I made it back home, I looked at my Keurig, and I just was sigh-eyeing it all day. Mm. could not even get down with it went back to starbucks to get a coffee press um because Mm -hmm. that was the only place i knew i could get a coffee press got a coffee press got a grinder and started grinding my own beans okay um my friends over at fathom coffee gave me three different flavors of coffee to try which i was like what um i didn't know anything about beans um, mm-hmm. and it was my, it was my eye opener. It was my thing that was like, I need to drink real coffee. Mm-hmm. And once again, like anytime I try something new, I don't add any, nothing, just okay. that by itself. And he sent me some, uh, he sent me Kenyan coffee, mm-hmm. Ethiopian coffee and Colombian coffee. Okay. Kenyan is my favorite in oh, the like entire Kenyan. world. Okay. Yes, it's my absolute favorite in the world. Um, my least favorite, unbelievably, was the Colombian. Okay. Um, but I didn't even know that coffee was made in Kenya. Like, that was my wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I was right, like, oh, right. Kenya has beans? Um, and I have friends from Kenya, and I was telling them, I was like, oh, my gosh, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And my friends was like, oh, you just found out about our coffee? Thank you. Um, <laughs> right. Um, the best coffee, and to this day, when I have a cup of coffee in the morning, I have my Kenyan beans, okay. um, and it's delicious, and I grind my coffee. I didn't know the value of grinding your beans mm-hmm. and doing the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Um, instead of getting it pre-ground, and it, it goes stale, and, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, so that was my wake-up call, and so because of that, I have a strong love of coffee, um, and when I found out that you're doing your thing, because me, you know, me and Patrice go back, like, mm-hmm. we go back, but when <laughs> I found out that you were doing your coffee, and then a mutual friend of ours was telling me that mm-hmm. your coffee is like the bomb, I was like, I gotta get on this, this right, better right. be good, now I have some coffee knowledge, mm-hmm. we can go ahead and have some intelligent convo about coffee. Right. But, um, <laughs> and so you know, what, that's where it all kind of starts for most people. Right. It starts right. like, Oh, I like this particular bean. Right. But then be like, Oh, well try this one. Okay. Well now I like this one. And then, it, you know, next thing you know, you're buying coffee devices are very expensive, like most hobbies. Mm-hmm. So you go from buying a press to something else, you know? So it, that's where right. it starts. That's where it started for me. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I love my mocha pot. I don't use it all the time. Yeah. It was great to kind of share that with my my littles. Right. Um, 
And these so are, what? These are that? ancient ways of brewing coffee. Right. Which I'm all about that. A lot of people don't, you, you know, people see, I use the Chemex a lot. The Chemex was invented in the 1940s. This is not right. new technology. The mocha right. pie is maybe even older than that. You know, right. so that's the thing about it. It's like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of fancy automatic devices out there, but, you know, some of these conventional brewing devices make the best coffee. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So now we talked about our old school coffee brewing techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some innovative habits that you've learned in your business and in just coffee making in general? What are some innovative habits you've picked up? Oh, man, innovative I would say that that's something that's I think that's constantly changing for me and constantly growing because I I I am I do tend to lean more towards the analog side of coffee brewing or manual brewing. So with that, that's good for a small group of friends. But you know, when you have a hundreds or possibly even a couple of thousand people right. at an event, it could be. A challenge to, to to use brewing manual brewing methods. So we still do manual brewing methods, but now we we also have some um, more conventional tools to brew coffee. So it's a combination of both batch brewing and manual brewing um, for us. As far as the hot coffees, you know, keeping them in um, air pots or devices that keep the coffee hot. Um, and, and this is what a lot of most most restaurants, coffee shops, even fast food restaurants are doing. They're brewing it. They're putting it in some kind of device to keep it hot. And then they're making sure they turn it over every, for some people, it might be every 30 minutes to an hour. Um, because, I mean, you don't want, some people do it. Some people have coffee sitting there all day and they'll serve it. And some people, they, again, you know, especially like, in, you know, like maybe a smaller place, rural towns, you get that diner coffee that's been baking on that, that burn all day. People get used yes. to that taste. You know, you can mm-hmm. we we can judge that, but again, it's you know it's it's like art; it's subjective to people's you know opinions and, and and taste buds. So those are some of the innovative things that we've done. Um, I'm always I'm very interested in uh, tools to make my job either more efficient and faster. There's some tools that we've gotten to to help stir the uh, the syrups better. It looks kind of like a whisk. Uh, but it's like a straight whisk, you know, um, so you can get down in there and make sure all the syrup is stirred because, you know, a spoon may not be able to reach around the shape of the cup. So it's little stuff like that. I'm always um, kind of staying in tune to. Um, again, you know, I, I'll, you know, I watch the trends. Um, I, I stay in contact with the associations of uh, specialty coffee association, see what new products are out there. Um, even when it comes to food pairing, um, Things that uh, coffee shops or, or the associations are suggesting as far as, like, things that go well with food, I mean, with, with coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still always interested in uh, trying to do business with a local community as much as we can as far as products. Um, so there's been times when we we tried some products out, and we, we definitely we want to do a combination of both uh, local and just uh, products that we might be able to get from our bigger vendors. Um, because some, some is about relationships, some is about taste, and then other is about uh, availability. Um, right. I'm trying to think of some other innovative things that we've done. Um, during, 
and I know this interview is not about the pandemic, but you know, during the pandemic, you know, I'm always curious to see what people are doing in their businesses, and uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of businesses are making themselves available to people, um, but people may not be showing up. But so I've seen some businesses pivot and actually go towards uh, delivery models, um, packaging certain items. Um, that they probably normally wouldn't package and sell them right. <clears throat> as package as um, package items. So these are some things that we're considering um, because again, we know that we're not going to stay here, and even the new norm is going to kind of look different. So it's going to be a combination of um, we still want to bring that experience, people. You know, we still want to keep our same brewing methods. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of kind of pivoting to be able to still keep that quality and uh, the experience for people in the midst of all of this crazy stuff going on. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So we're going to wrap up the interview in a little while. Um, <laughs> on this chat. Um, I know I firmly believe that words have power. Um, with my women's group, I always have my ladies pick uh, a word, and that's their word to kind of think about. What does it mean to them? How does that empower them? How, what does that mean to their business? Mm-hmm. So I have five words, and I'm just going to say them to you, and you just tell me what is the first thing that pops into your mind, okay? Okay, fire. Okay. So the first one is delightful. Delightful. Um, have fun. <laughs> Remember to have fun. Right, right. Okay. Um, arduous. I don't even think I know what that word means. Um, it means like hard. Arduous. Yeah, arduous it means very, very hard. Um, what does that mean to you, your business? No sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep in the sense of like I'm always on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always thinking about my business. If, yeah. if if I'm not thinking about it, I'm always doing something in it. So right. usually that equals no sleep. Yeah. It's like what Drake That's says, not... you dream about work. Oh yeah. He it, says it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or what did it say? He says, I think about work in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially I have to be somewhere early. I'm like, I'm always dream of being late. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next word is challenging. Challenging. Um, face your fears. I know probably I should probably be giving you one word, but that's the first. No, one. just whatever comes uh, off the top. Yeah. Uh, uh, enlightening. Enlightening revelation. Um, it's nothing like a good elementary revelation for your situation to help you move to the next level and whatever that is. Okay. Um, and the last word is innovative. Innovative. Um, I think I could go back to the word dynamic, constantly changing as opposed to being static. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of static people are having a problem being dynamic right now. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on and yeah, joining me on Innovation me. Monday. 
This was good. This was a good chat. Um, as you know, I also use this on my podcast, uh, Simply Life with Stacy, on my Innovative Mondays. So follow the link. I'm going to post all the information on my Facebook page, The Real Stacy Simfuque. So, um, yes, The Real. <laughs> as if there's another Stacy Simfuque out there, but. Um, yes, the real Stacey Sifukwe. Dalton from Hollywood Java, thank you so much for coming through. Bye, everybody. We're going to see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found something valuable to take away from today's session. If you would like more info about the guest or about the podcast, please go to our Instagram page, real underscore Stacy underscore Simpukwe, or our Facebook page, Simply Life with Stacy. Again, thank you for tuning in.